Hi guys, it's, this is No Balls Cricket, episode 25. First of all, happy Diwali to everybody celebrating around the world. Um, may your year be as joyous as ours. Plus, No Balls Cricket will keep you entertained throughout. <laughs> With that <laughs> being said... Especially don't burst crackers on the day, uh, uh, tomorrow if India lose, because you might get... Uh... You might get some bad tweets or... I mean, don't If anyone doesn't know what that means, um, basically, I have yelled at him and... I mean, everyone knows what Madhacho means. But, the, uh, point is, the point is just, if you want to burst crackers, do it. But if India lose tomorrow, then don't burst crackers. You would probably get your house beaten now. Broken no, down. also, he's already cursing us with bad luck for tomorrow. Not that we're going to make the semi-finals anyway, but irrelevant. Yeah. Um, hey, listen, hey, we're playing them. Maybe, no, sorry, we're playing Scotland tomorrow. Come on, we, we should chill. We can chill. Yeah, but remember the whole of India is is is, uh, is uh, rooting for the Scottish team today. They were, but not anymore. Sorry, they were. They will. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we will get into more on that later. Um, but lots to get through on this episode. Um, first of all, obviously the World T Twenty, but also we are going to dedicate a bit of this towards the Azim Rafiq affair. Let's call it that from now on. Uh, and what is the, the goings and comings from Yorkshire County Cricket Club. But again, we will get into that later. First, let's begin with the roundup. Yes. Um, so the main thing is, of course, that the World Cup has been on and India have been shitting the bed, uh, crashed to a loss in against New Zealand. Really disappointing batting performance. Um, and he's in sort of cruise to win in the chase. Uh, other notable things is that Bangladesh have Bangladesh again. Um, <laughs> Bangladesh have Bangladesh. But we'll get more about Bangladesh in a bit. Uh, but point being, they got... Indies have West Indies. Bangladesh got bowled out for how much 70, against South Africa? Eight, 78. No. So, sorry, 78 against South Africa. And then they went one better against Australia, getting bowled out for 73. Um, just like we had predicted, they oh, are sorry, I was only talking about the Australia game, but yeah, they got they got bowled out for nothing against South Africa also. Yeah, exactly. So um, they are basically, as you said, Bangladesh have Bangladesh. Um, the West Indies have massively shat the bed as well. So our two pre-tournament favorites, believe it or not, are one is already out, the second one nearing extinction in this competition. Um, yeah, of course, all of that rides on what Afghanistan can do against uh, New Zealand. Um, for all our Indian hopefuls. Um, we are, I am not hopeful. I don't know about my friend here. Um, other news, England have qualified. Pakistan have breezed through to the, the semifinals. Um, the South Africa and Australia situation basically hinges on the last game that each team is going to play. One against the West Indies and one against... Um, sorry, not one against the West Indies. Who are they playing? One against Sri Lanka, right? The last game of the group. Do uh, South Africa... No, they both played the West Indies. Wait, no, so then uh, South Africa are playing England. Who are Australia playing? South Africa are playing England. I'm trying to remember who Australia are playing. That's probably uh, the West Indies. You're right. I thought they had. I thought Australia had already played West Indies, but no, Australia haven't played the West Indies yet. So that's so those basically those two games. Right, hinge, Australia against West Indies. Yeah. The qualification hinges on that. If South Africa lose and because of their high net run rate, if the Aussies don't win by a big enough margin, South Africa will go through. Yeah, and West Indies, meanwhile, are trying to do some sort of saving face because they have won only one game so far in this tournament. Uh, well, yeah, actually, no, sorry. I forgot that they won't qualify. They've been so bad that I thought they may have been in the qualifying round also. But, uh, no, just that one win against Bangladesh. 
Uh, other than that, um, Scotland put up a pretty spirited show against New Zealand yesterday. Um, they came up 16 runs short. Um, it would have been big for India had Scotland pulled off that upset, actually. because it would have Yeah, been- it would have been massive, actually, oh. if that upset had happened because it would have allowed India way in, back into the tournament. Um, but, yeah, I mean, other than that, so that's basically what's happened at the World T20. Um, we'll get into the analysis in just a hot second. Uh, any other results that we need to cover? Uh, no, not really. Because we've seen, I mean, England and Pakistan pretty much breeze through. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much what's going on at the World T20 at the moment. We'll get into the analysis in just a hot second. This yeah. is our... One thing I'd add in the roundup is uh, uh, Harman Preet Kaur and, and Shimaima Rodriguez have again been uh, setting the stage on fire in the Women's Big Bash League. Um, it's been the Harman Preet has had a masterclass of innings on Sunday, mm-hmm. and Rodriguez hit a first um, uh, first fifty in the tournament, I think. Excellent. Um, so good to hear that our women are also doing well. Um, women's Big Bash League, is, uh, League obviously is on, which nobody is watching because it's on Fox Cricket, um, not for any other reason. Um, and uh, right, so let's move on to the analysis bit of the tournament. What's gone wrong for the two favorites? Basically, is what we're looking at. We'll discuss Bangladesh in short because we know how shit they are. Wait, are we counting Bangladesh as the two favorites? You mean India and West Indies, right? Yeah, I mean India and West Indies. Okay. I said we'll talk about Bangladesh separately. Ah, okay. Huh. Um, well, okay, I want to start with West Indies. I want to also give a shout out to our. Guyanese crew and also and tell them to tell their mate Ian Jagan to stop being a fucking coward and get on the <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, his excuse today is it's Diwali. Yeah, but what about for the last like five, six months? But then hang on, no, 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 hang on, hang on. He said he would come on, and then I got the message halfway through West Indies just getting beaten by Sri Lanka. So maybe he knew they were gonna lose and he didn't want to come on for that particular reason. I don't know. Is he just a coward? Are you a coward, I'm, Mr. Jagan? Ian, I think this is total cowardice. I think we I think you need to show some face. You gotta do better than your cricket team is. Oh, burn. <laughs> right. Um, but basically, what has gone wrong for the West Indies? Um, I think just about everything has gone wrong. Their bowling hasn't clicked, their batting really hasn't clicked, which is the most shocking thing because you expect their batting to do better. Uh, you know, they you know their approach, they are uh, they will bat slowly and and see off dot balls if they have to, but they will just then go hard uh, and and you know maximize the number of boundaries. They don't really do the singles and twos that much, but it's just not worked. And you've had some really shockingly bad innings because of that. Chief among them was Lendl Simmons. But I mean, let's see. Okay, well, I'll grant Lendl Simmons that one inning because he's not done it before. So, um, but yeah, it, this also feels like a bit of a kind of end of an era vibe with with the West Indies with possibly I think the best conglomeration of T20 All-Stars ever assembled. Um, oh yeah. But they're all coming to the end of their, their tether now. I mean, Dwayne Bravo's going to retire at the end of the tournament. Chris Gale looks... I, I, in the words of Dr. Ian Jagan, Chris Gale is a fossil. Yeah, Chris Gale, I think, is finally now at that stage where I, whether or not he chooses to retire, I don't know. I, in fact, heard talk that he wants to have one last test match before he go, uh, retires. I can't see that happening. Um, Weirdly, I actually be... think he's suited to test cricket at this point in his life. <laughs> More than ever before. 
Maybe. I mean, if you just if you commit to having at least one slip the entire game so that you don't have to hide him in the field, sure. That is also true. Um, but I mean, look at yeah. the batting lineup. Probably announced his retirement actually today. He's going to retire at the end of the tournament. I think yeah. we yeah. all knew that was coming, though. Yeah, Pollard is probably you know I can't see him playing international cricket again. He probably has a few more years of franchise cricket. Um, but it is a, it is time to start looking to the younger players, building around players like uh, Hetmeyer, who had a good innings today. Nicholas Puran, who's the obvious choice for captain as yeah. well, being vice captain yeah. of the team. Um, you look at you're looking at people that will come through. I mean, Jaden Seals looks like a fantastic prospect for them in international cricket. It's appalling to me that Ravi Rampal got as many games as he did because I just <laughs> uh, honestly it feels like. The fossilized version of Ravi Rampal has been brought back for this tournament, not the 2011 version. And just, just for Indian fans to remember that delivery 10 years ago, Sachin Tendulkar, Chennai, where he made him walk. Um, anyway, point being, Ravi Rampal was the last generation of West Indian cricketers. We thought we've moved on to O'Shane Thomas and Obed McCoy. Obviously, injuries haven't helped Obed McCoy and fabulous Ian, better known as Fabian Allen. Um, also, you know, those injuries didn't help um, sort of remove their frontline bowling attack. Um, my other problem with them is I, I know that in T20 cricket, you need a quality wrist spinner. And as good as Hayden Walsh has been in the CPL, he's not international quality. And I think it's really hampered them. I think, I don't know, his his reputation got a little, uh, uh, you know, maybe, I don't know if overhype is the right, is the right word, but it definitely got enhanced by playing a few really good games against Sri Lanka. And I know Sri Lanka have been slightly, surprisingly good in this tournament, but also, you know, there's a difference between playing Sri Lanka and playing some of the other international sides which are uh, of a higher quality. So, I, but honestly, I would still persist with Aiden Walsh because I don't know who else they have, firstly. And secondly, if he if there is scope for him to get better, it's only going to happen if he plays against better uh, opposition more often. Yeah, I'm not doubting that. I, I think it's, maybe it's a work in progress. Maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. But, for me, I don't think he's international quality. I just don't think he's good enough to be an international quality leg spinner. That's especially in T20 cricket when people start going after you. It's not a big spinner of the ball, doesn't have the best googly in the world. It leads to things happening. Um, the rest of it, I mean, you look at that team, I think the only two who can take any positives out of this are Hetmeyer and Puran, but they are the yeah. next generation. Um, Evan Lewis, I know he's not had a great tournament, but his reputation goes pretty much untouched. Um, we all know how good he is. That's the issue with West Indies, though. A lot of these players are now, and you know, we can look at them just on the basis of this tournament. And I think it's 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 you look at them as largely that they are players who haven't performed but have huge reputations. Whether that's uh, Gale or Andre Russell or you know Dwayne Bravo to an extent, Pollard obviously. All of these players who are, you're, and like you said, they're nearing an end of a cycle. If you look at it from this tournament, all of them di- have disappointed. If you look at it from the point of view of like a 10-year, almost generations worth of West Indies cricketing talent, I mean, at least in the T20 format, that's that's been a level of talent that has led to two World Cups, which is huge. Uh, you know, nobody else has done that. Um, and it's not really translated to other formats as much, but it's it's been a great collection of talent for sure. But it is... No, it is- it, I mean... Look, as as much as it's um, as much as it's shocking to see them bow out this way, it was inevitable. Time catches up with everybody. Yeah, people like Andre Russell, who I mean, injuries have caught up with him. I don't think he's going to play another tournament. Maybe even the one next year, he will not play. Pollard could be, I think, the last of the few to go through till that T Twenty World Cup next year in Australia. 
Um, but I think the rest of the team does need to go through a process of regeneration. And the West Indies possibly have the best T20 league in the world outside of the IPL. Um, in terms of what kind of T20 talent they produce. So I think it'll be really fun to see what they come up with next year. I know the talent is there. We've seen those players. They may have played international cricket before. They may not have, but they are there. Um, and, you know, I mean, if they figure out their bowling attack, I mean, you bring back people like Sheldon Cottrell, maybe, um, you know, Shane Thomas comes back into the team. It gives them a bit of a cutting edge at that, at that level as well. Be interesting to see what they do. Um, disappointing tournament, yes. But you know what? That's the way the West Indies is. I only just discovered that Carlos Brathwaite is the same age as Andre Russell and, and pretty much the same age as Pollard. I always thought he was younger, and I was because I was just thinking in my head that he might he might be in line for a recall. And and you know I know our I know what the uh, Guyana crew of ours thinks of him, but he's pretty much in that same cycle of. Listen, like, the last time I saw Carlos Brathwaite play and not commentate was for the for the Manchester Originals in the hundred. <laughs> Let's not go into that at all. Um, <laughs> Brathwaite's had his highlight moments, but obviously never been, you know, hugely consistent. You know, so, um, I mean, the only takeaway from the words Carlos and Brathwaite are forget the name, not remember the name. <laughs> uh, anyway, but, I mean, do, they do have talent. I mean, there's people like Shafani Rutherford who haven't got a look in, that could get a look in. Um, you have uh, Robin Powell who could get a way back, a bit of an all-rounder with a talent for hitting big sixes. So, you know, I mean, it, it's there. Um It'll come back. Yeah. Uh, I think they'll go through their process of renewal. Let's move on to the other big fish in this, India. I want to say one last thing, though. Since this isn't, is the end of an era, it seems like, at least, uh, you have to give credit. West Indies, I think, the way they've approached T20 cricket changed the game completely. Yeah, they They're, changed the game completely. I mean, that I was there. Yeah. I was there that day at the 1K day when they basically tore up the T20 template and then, of course, went on to win the tournament. Yeah. I was there. I was watching it in the stands with the coward. Um, and, um, you know, he was about to cause a small-scale riot. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, I was there that day. I saw them tear up the T20 template. It's five years later now. Um, yeah. And basically, their time has come. Yep. That's all but, we can say about that. Um, for, for but flawed selection from the start. And, uh, uh, I mean, a host of other issues, obviously, with the West Indies. Um on bigger grounds, not being able to clear sixes and, you know, things like that. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's been their tournament. It's disappointing, but that's the way it goes. India. India. Yeah, speaking of disappointments. Um, India have had a mixture of, I mean, there have been bad performances. There's been bad luck. I think the scheduling hasn't helped them. I think the, the, the year's worth of bubbles and tours within the bubbles uh, where they've, uh, has been, has probably taken its toll. I think all the outside noise heading into this tournament, and especially after the Pakistan loss, um, probably had some impact. It was just a very inept batting display against New Zealand. And, and I mean, we saw them bounce back against Afghanistan, and there is still a small chance that they make the semifinals. But yeah, it's, it's been a huge disappointment overall. But I mean, okay. The thing with the West Indies was they had a clear game plan as to how they were planning on playing their T20 cricket. It didn't come off. Plain and simple. Yeah. It didn't come off. You know that with the West Indies, you know exactly what they're trying to do. Yeah. You know, with India, they did not at any point during those first two games, especially when they were batting, look like they had a plan. I think I would slightly disagree with you there. I think the way, especially in the New Zealand game, the way batters got out 
made it look like they were clueless. And I remember telling you during the day that this just looks like a clueless, clueless, clueless batting strategy. But I think the strategy was clear. It was just the lack of being able to adjust. I think what happened was obviously in the in that first game against Pakistan, they saw they sort of scratched their way to 150 and then they saw it just wasn't a good enough total to, to defend on that pitch on the, with, with the due factor in the, uh, in the evening. So they're looking to hit bigger, but in looking to hit bigger, they perished because you know New Zealand spinners gave away nothing. And it probably needed an adjustment where instead of trying to keep, hit a lot of boundaries uh, as much, like you look at that Kohli shot against um, Ish Sodhi, which is not, which is a shot you never see Kohli play, like a slog. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen Kohli play that shot. And I remember yeah. Kohli's But the point is, I actually understand why it happened. It's just that after the first game, they're looking to, they realize they have to score bigger in the first innings to, to, to have a chance. And they went for their shots. It's just that their shots didn't come off. It's the, you know, the KL Rahul, the wicket and the Ishan Kishan wicket are, were both good shots that happened to find a fielder. I think in the IPL, they go for six because IPL boundaries are shorter. Not that that's an excuse. Um, but yeah, it is. That's why I said it was a bit of a mixture of bad luck and, and bad performances because I think, uh, you know, just slightly better execution of the, those particular plans and, you know, it could have been a different result. But I mean, the whole concept of first arguing with that journalist and then get literally getting Ishan Kishan to open in place of Rohit Sharma. I mean, it just points to a muddled strategy. And I think that was the thing. And more than anything, the muddled strategy, I know we didn't make enough runs against either Pakistan or New Zealand, but it showed in the bowling. Um, it's amazing that Ravi Ashwin did not get a look-in until the third game of the IPL. And then he, uh, I, I was surprised that and I then he surprised. comes up with two for 12, two for 14 in four overs against Afghanistan. But I was surprised with Ashwin that Ashwin didn't play in the first two games. I agree. But I think also analyzing any of the individual bowling makes very little sense because when you're defending 150 on a on a pitch where 180 is is, is probably a par score or 170 is a par score, it's a tough bowling task. When you're defending 110, it's an impossible bowling task. So no, I I, I agree. I agree. But my point is, even if you're defending 150. And you pick up two wickets at the start. In the first, say, six or seven yeah. overs. They're two down. Let's say they're chasing 150. They're two down for 50 at the end of the seventh over. You still have a chance in that game. But I'll tell you what, the issue, I know because you're talking about Varun Chakravarti, though you haven't mentioned him by name. I haven't yet, but I'm also going to talk about the fact that Jahal isn't in the squad, who's your yeah. lead wicket-taking spinner. But I'll, you're but also I'll looking you at someone like Ravi Jadeja, who's, to be fair, in T20 cricket, not the greatest bowler. He's Ravi Jadeja is a batting all rounder in T20 cricket. But here's the point is the bigger issue is none of these players. It's the fact that they don't have new ball bowlers who can take wickets in the power play. Shami is not a great power play wicket taker. Bhuvi's more or less, I mean, he's a diminished person from what a diminished bowler from what he was, you know, three, four years ago. Whether it's injuries and result in lack of form, whether it's something else, I don't know. But point is they don't have bowlers up front who give you those wickets. And the the only one they have is Boomra, who you want to then save. You can't bowl him. Two or three overs at uh, on the trot in the first six overs because then you need you you're a bowler short at the in the middle overs or the death. So I the, agree. I mean, I it's... think fast bowlers are, are the bigger the the way we have a depth of talent for t for test fast bowling. We need that again for T Twenty because it's just it's not there at the moment, and I think that's a bigger issue than whether Ashwin should have played over Varun Chakravarti or not. No, I agree. I'm not saying, I'm not, look, I'm, I no point saying that Chakravarti performed badly. But my point is that did you have better options than him? Yes. I mean, look, Chakravarti has been picked on form and on form, especially in the UAE in the IPL, he's been a good bowler. 
So I now you can say that once he's in the squad, whether he should be playing or Ashwin should be playing, you know. But Chakravarti had in the lead up to the World Cup had given enough reason that to say that he was the number one spinner in in T20 cricket for India. No, I mean he's done well, but the the thing with Chakravarti that I always found when I watched him at least, and I, I'm my thing is I want to sort of separate the IPL from international T20 purely because international T20. When you watch international T20, you always find that the bowling attacks that are able to pick up wickets do far better than the bowling attacks that are restricted, which is one of the reasons why England have done so well in this tournament. It's because they constantly pick up wickets wherever they play. Even the game against Sri Lanka, where they were defending 160, which on a Sharjah pitch that was a little bit slow, it looked like a just about okay score. But the fact of the matter is, they won that game because they bowled out Sri Lanka. Yeah, but also because they have a better bowling attack all around. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not see, I'm not saying that. But my point is exactly that. I think when you have to look at, um, you're saying there's a better bowling attack, but if you're yeah. trying to get a bowling attack together for a T20 World Cup, you're looking at a bowling attack that can take ten wickets in the game, as opposed to keeping the runs down, which is what we haven't done. We've looked at bowlers like Chakravarti, like say Jadeja, who try and keep the runs down over picking up wickets, like someone say like Ashwin or or Yuzi Chahal, who is in the reserves but didn't play. The other problem that we have is we have too many bowling all-rounders that are there because they offer something with the bat as opposed to being the best bowlers that you can find. That's true, but I also I think, I mean, I think the answer to that is given what happens in T20 cricket, I feel like it's much much harder to carry money players who can't do, uh, you know, who can't do both bat and bowl. You saw in the test cricket in the in the test series against. England, for example, we will literally pick in. You know, this is across formats. Is my point is we will lit- we literally pick Jadeja. It was controversial, not out, but Jadeja had to be there because we had four bowlers who can't bat. You can't do, but we could afford to do that because it's Test cricket. You need an attack that takes twenty wickets. That's what matters absolutely the most when it comes to Test cricket. In T Twenty cricket, I would disagree that having a an attack that takes ten wickets is what matters the most because most games you won't take ten wickets. Most no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Say, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. They, I'm not saying that. And I know that for a fact, you're not going to take ten wickets every game. It is impossible, right? But the point I'm trying to make is, if you have wicket-taking bowlers, like for the, for example, the Australian attack, okay, Australia are going to lose or not win this, rather not win this tournament simply because their batting isn't good enough, not because their bowling's not good. Their bowling can take wickets, and they have wicket-taking bowlers up and down: Stark, Hazelwood, Pat Cummins, Adam Zampa. Zampa's taken five today. Um, yeah, so they, you know, no, I agree with you. I what I disagree on is is the is this look T Twenty selection when it comes to bowling. It need here's what you really need. You need good death bowling, and good death bowling doesn't need to be wickets. It has to be restricted. Restrict normally restriction comes with wickets, and of course, if you have a great yorker, then you'll get wickets regardless. You need good bowling up front, whether that's spinners or uh, fast bowlers. But you need a power play bowling option that puts that takes wickets and again builds pressure. And the and then you have the middle phase where the biggest what you're looking for in the middle phase is restriction. Because in in that seven to sixteen over phase, what you're usually trying to do in a game is keep the runs down. Wickets come if they come. So so I think when you look, so you have to sort of look at your bowling attack for that. And the problem is here. One of course, India have never had a good enough total to defend apart from against Afghanistan. So you've not not really been able to measure that. But also just in the selection, you just didn't have that. You didn't have. Great power play, power play bowlers, and you don't have spinners who choke the middle overs. So okay. you had two good death options in Shami and and Bumrah, but we've been in situations where having two good op- death options hasn't mattered because we have we're defending small totals. No, absolutely, I agree, and I, I think I mean 
we can talk about the bowling attack all you want, but you have to basically blame the batsmen for those two losses. They just didn't yeah. make enough. Yeah, it is. Um, I but, do think the bowling attack needs a refresh, though. I think no, I do. I, I I have a feeling, and I think you know what? With with the new captain coming in, I know we know Kohli's quitting at the end of this World Cup. Um, yeah. Two two things will happen. First of all, we will actually start winning tosses. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> Number two. By the way, he's got three for three. He's lost all three. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he might win one tomorrow where it doesn't matter. Um, no, and, and, and the other thing is your entire squad needs a bit of a refresh. I think you have to look at options beyond the established status quo in the batting. No, I agree. Absolutely agree. I um, I don't think a, an 11 that has both Kohli and Rohit Sharma in it makes sense anymore. No, I mean, They're, you can have you can two. You can look at it this way. You can have... I don't know Rohit Sharma can be bloody explosive when he wants to. But yeah. in T20 cricket, he likes to take his time and start off slow. Yeah. Kohli um, also Kohli actually got a great strike rate at the death, if I remember correctly. Yeah. I, can't, I think the numbers, like in, in the 200s in the last four overs. But he also eats up a lot of balls to get there. Both of them have declined in terms of how quickly they score against spin in the middle overs, which is shocking to see because they're among the best batsmen against spin. And, and they've had like a three, four year decline in that department. But that's what matters. You need players who score quickly in the middle overs and you need more of them. So you, that, Which is why I think you can't have both of them in the 11. No, I agree. Not unless, unless what happens against what happened against Afghanistan happens where, where Rohit Sharma is also like, okay, you know, screw taking my time in. I'm just going and hitting from the top. If he, if he turns into a hitter, then fine. Then you can have both. No, absolutely. I agree. And, and I think that's where you're looking at um, the changes. My actual feeling is, I don't think Virat Kohli is going to play a lot of T20 cricket. Maybe in the next I think, year. I get the feeling he may be on for the next World Cup. Because it's in Australia, Australia suits our batters a lot more because, they, you know, the pace on the ball, it helps. They, they just score quicker against it. I think Kohli's... But, I mean, that's also... We're talking one year from now. One year, and probably after that. That could be the end of the cycle for both of them, honestly. I think Rohit Chalmers also, you know, fair towards the end of his career in terms of age. So, it would be the good cutoff point for having a new cycle. The other problem, obviously, is that we don't seem to have any ready replacements in the middle order. There's lots of replacements at the top of the order in T20 cricket. Yeah. But no one in the middle order. I mean, you have Devdat Padikal and Prithvi Shaw and people like that at the top. But if you're looking in the middle order, there's not really that many options, in, even in IPL cricket. And most of the middle order options are filled with foreign players. Weirdly enough. Yeah. Yeah, the the middle order, like so, I, and I think where where this gets really disappointing is someone like Rishabh Pant hasn't really kicked on. Uh, you're expecting him to murder bowling attacks most times, and it's a tough expectation. But he's not. The point is, he. I don't know whether it's an issue where where he's been told to bat responsibly or whatever too often, but or especially this year he was captain for Delhi Capital, so he maybe felt that responsibility more. But, you know, people like him, people like Hardik Pandya, who's had a long downturn in form, you know, that has affected the whole middle order batting picture. Shreya Sayar, again, he bats at three. Uh, on, uh, normally, he would bat at three or four for Delhi Capitals, but he, again, bats too slowly for them. It, again, could be an issue that he's captain and feels that responsibility. But these are players that you expected to become mainstays in the T20 side. I also and, think the injury to Ayer just before the tournament didn't really help anybody. Yeah, that's true. It didn't. So, I mean, you'll have that process of renewal. Of course, Rahul Rahul is going to come in with Kohli. So, we'll only really see what happens after the tournament. Um, 
I mean, I'm not saying it's dead yet. You're praying for a bloody miracle now. But, uh, you know, you should never be in this situation. Yeah, exactly. But the thing is, this is where the scheduling didn't uh, was a little bit of a, an enemy for India. This is not an excuse. But the fact is, they have to play the two toughest opponents first up, uh, which leaves them zero margin for error here. Um, had they won either of those games, they'd be much more comfortable. And how you're relying on Afghanistan to beat New Zealand and then you have to win the net run rate equation. It's not impossible, but it's a lot more difficult. No, absolutely. And and I mean, it didn't help that we also got spanked in both those games. If any of those games had been closer, especially the New Zealand one. The Pakistan one was, I mean, at least it came down to like the second or third last over. But I mean, just 110 against New Zealand was just... That was, no, it was, I mean, it's, you know it was going to be nowhere enough. And um, Also cost us, what I'm most annoyed about is the bloody end of that Afghanistan game. We were, we could have won by at least 20 to 30 more runs, but we just lost it towards the end. Mm. No, I mean, well, you take it as it comes. So, yeah. uh, you look at that and you think, okay, fine, India, um, that'll be a process of renewal. Let's talk about some of the other teams in this tournament. England have been fantastic. Pakistan yeah. have been fantastic. Um, I'm expecting an England-Pakistan final. I, I think on form... If you, if you look at form, yeah, I think you'd expect that as a, as a final. Because um, they're not going to play each other and they'll probably end up beating whoever else is there. Australia and South Africa, both flawed teams, whoever qualifies from Group 1 has to play Pakistan. Now, the problem with, with Pakistan is they're Pakistan. But this is the thing I said in the last uh, in the last episode. I don't think that their Pakistan matters anymore. I think this is not the inconsistent or unpredictable side they have a set formula they have a you know very clear strategies and more to the point they have strategy they can they have the players to execute that strategy so they have a great new ball attack. they have decent openers who also happen also can be explosive when they need to and then the batting i mean okay i i am still shocked that hafiz and shoaib malik are important players in this pakistan setup but they happen to be it works i don't know how asif ali is a huge find for them and no, absolutely. I, you know, I, I somewhat very little bit clued into Pakistan Twitter and I think for a lot of uh, Pakistan cricket Twitter, I mean, and I think uh, for a lot of the last few years, people have been deriding him for whatever reason, but he's he's uh, really sort of proved the haters wrong because he's been great this tournament. No, they, they have the perfect setup, as do England, actually. Um, England have a very clear plan as to how they're playing their cricket and it's shown in T20 cricket. They have, they're, they're set... I'm wondering now if the only question mark now is with the injury to Tim Mills and Mark Wood not being fully fit, yeah. who comes into that bowling spot? That's, that's the, the only, only question that, that's hanging over them. Otherwise, a set team. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, the, those are the two best teams in the tournament. Sri Lanka have done really well. I didn't think they would have been that competitive. Um, yeah, they lost a couple of close I, games. I, I'm slightly disappointed because I know last time around I predicted that they'd make the semifinals, which is not going to happen. They just yeah, the batting has kind of let them down. Their bowling has been fantastic. Uh, no, absolutely. And he's like mystery spinners. It's like one of those cliches that just keeps getting proven true. Hasranga's hardly a mystery spinner. He's just a proper leg spinner. No, 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 I was talking thinking more of Tikshana. Oh, Tikshana, yeah, yeah. Who hasn't been who hasn't been a huge wicket taker taker, but he's also just hasn't gone for a lot of runs because their batsmen haven't figured out to how to attack him yet. No, absolutely. So, they've had a good tournament. I mean, yeah, they're not making the semi-finals, but they provided us with a couple of good games. And I think if they'd beaten South Africa, it would have been very interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, they still have to play... Um... No, sorry, they're done now. But, you know, 
It would have been interesting to see if they'd beaten one of Australia or, or even that England game where it got a little hairy towards the end and then they just kept losing wickets when it mattered. Yeah, they they were. I mean, for a long part of that chase, I, they looked like favorites. They just yeah, yeah. Didn't it just it just sort of pe- petered off towards the end. Anyway, um, that's Sri Lanka for you. Um, then of course we have to talk about the other major tournament flop, which we knew was going to happen. Do you want to or should I? And it was so funny. I saw a tweet from Vasim Jafar the other day that basically said that uh, surprised at how poorly Bangladesh have done, uh, judging by the fact that they beat both uh, Australia and New Zealand at home. The argument though is they played against them at home on substandard lottery type wickets. There was yeah. no way they had the batting to to conquer these kind of conditions and it's proven. And the thing is, they, they're largely as a batting force, they're mostly a one-man team. And Shakib is also, they play Shakib at three quite often and he's just not, he's, he's more suited to be playing in the lower order. And then of course he got injured and got ruled out for the tournament. So like, uh, once that happened, then you know there was, knew there was no hope. Um, but they looked in danger. I mean, there was a chance that they didn't even make the Super 12s. Like they, they had, was, they lost to Scotland and then you know, nearly coughed it up in the in against Oman. I think it was. Um, they could have just not. We could have been talking about them a, a week ago and just laughing for them not have having made it. We're laughing at them now. We're doing yeah. We're doing it now, but we could yeah. be laughing at for a far more calamitous event. But it's just been you know, it's it's no. It, but it's it, it, it's shockingly. I mean, it's shocking how a team that we thought would have been the sort of rising force in in, in cricket is now. I mean, I can essentially say they're sliding backwards. They're made, they're definitely leveling off. They there was a time where I think if you had to rank, you know, teams like Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, Afghanistan, you would have put Bangladesh at, to- at the top of those three. Um, you would have said that maybe they might even be better than a side like Pakistan or West Indies. Not not West Indies in T Twenty K, but overall. Now I would say that out of all of these sides, Bangladesh are easily the worst. Even though the rank, I mean, West Indies have had a really de- disappointing tournament, but. You know, they're a better side than West Indies. Uh, I will say though, the reasons for, and I've always said this about Bangladesh cricket, the reasons I think they're poor threefold. One, there's too much emphasis on winning at home, which much like India in the 90s, produces very poor cricket overall. On bad wickets, which are basically designed to help their spinners. It does nothing for them. The batsmen can't perform. There's no build in fast bowlers. Now, fast bowling is one of the most crucial aspects of international cricket. Yeah. If you look globally... Injury history has, has hurt them a lot. Yeah. Because, because he was going to be that, that guy. And he's still a, a decent, uh, you know, going by IPL record, in fact, more than decent, just a really good T20 bowler. But he hasn't become the great bowler that he looked like he was going to be. No, but not just that. I mean, you could have one guy and he's not going to impact anything. I mean, you had Jawagal Srinath for years. So how much did he actually... Oh, but I think in that in that Bangladesh setup, it might have been enough because you had enough other spin bowlers to then... Yeah, but that's what, that, that, that's my entire point is that they focus so much on spin bowling. They've just completely... There's a lack of fast bowlers now. When you look at Afghanistan, they have better fast bowlers than Bangladesh. <laughs> yeah. But also, I mean, some of those Afghanistan players have genuinely largely been... Like Gulbadin Naib, for example, or... or, or uh... Amir Hassan, they've been around for a while and they've been better than most of Bangladesh's quicks. No, absolutely. But then you're looking at a new breed. Somebody like Naveen Haq, who's fantastic. I mean, that guy is a properly good bowler. 
You know, and you look at the Bangladeshi equivalent would be Taskin, who's who's quick. I mean, let's be honest, he's a good bowler. He's quick, he's nippy, he's quick, can get it up and down. But the way they manage him is just pathetic. I mean, honestly, they, there's no there's no saving them. So anyway, out of the tournament, happy Diwali, good night. <laughs> um, on that very happy note, it is time. Beach Lanka, that is that is probably the saddest part for them. What is that? They didn't even beat Sri Lanka. Ah, they did. I mean. That is the saddest part. No, no, one minute. They couldn't even beat a very poor West Indies team. No, but beating Sri Lanka matters more to them. That's a huge rivalry for them. It's one of the biggest rivalries in world cricket. Biggest rivalries in world cricket. You heard it first here on our Diwali special episode of No Balls Cricket. Um, On that very happy note, it is time to move to our favorite segment of the episode. What is it? What is it? What is it? Hang on, it's not time to move to our favorite segment of the episode. We've got a big, big deal. To big oh, deal. right. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. On that very happy, on that note, it, okay. It is time to move to one of possibly the saddest chapters in English cricket I've ever seen. And I mean, this is where talking body line, Basil Dollar, Dollavera affair, all of that jazz. Welcome to English cricket at its absolute worst. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, I mean, honestly, I, I'm not that surprised given what we know about England as a country in general. Uh, let's not get into English history and politics and whatnot. But yeah, it's not surprising maybe, but it's definitely extremely shocking. Um, sorry, I need to, we need to take a break so that a man catches his breath after smoking. <laughs> no, I, I actually wanted to stop you and say before we move on to it, let's give everyone an update on what has happened. Yeah, hey, uh, no, that by default I will. Huh. Okay, fine. Um, so basically, yeah, carry on. Yeah, so for, for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, um, there's a Yorkshire player who called Azim Rafiq who's been, who started off, I think it was like 2011 or something. He's been in the cricket setup for a long Two time. Two separate spells at Yorkshire, 2008 till I think 2014 and then 2016 till 2018. Yeah, and uh, so he last Last year or the year before, he alleged, and I mean, it's been proven true now, so I don't even have to use the word alleged, but he accused Yorkshire cricket of, of effectively enabling racism against him and, and just in general being a systemically racist organization. And everything we've seen in all the sort of hearings and trials that have come out about that uh, that incident has proven him correct. He, you know, he's he's had, um, horrific, had a horrific experience being a Yorkshire player, whether it was um, at, at the hands of the administrators, at the hands of teammates. He's just been dealing with the worst possible shit for the longest time. Um, and Yorkshire as, as a county have just been dropping the ball throughout. Like, it's one thing, you know, whenever this happened, they responded poorly. They proved, you know, they proved that they were being racist, whatever. It's like, fine. What? I mean, not fine, but the fact that it's happened. Okay, how do you react to it? Their reaction to it has been awful. They've been delaying and obfuscating, uh, you know, all the time. They, they, you know, didn't release a report for the longest time in their own sort of independent report that they had. They finally released it, but they determined that there was no systemic racism. Uh, they felt they have yet to um, feel like they owe us, Azim Rafiq anything um, into, by way of apology or compensation. Um, and the latest development is that a bunch of sponsors have sort of decided we're not sponsoring Yorkshire. Not a bunch. Nike. All of their sponsors. Nike was the biggest pullout. And um, and then... But let, me, let, me, let me just list them, for, for example. And these are like local Yorkshire organizations as well. 
Yeah, Yorkshire um, Tea, which is the Yorks- most Yorkshire company you can think of. Yorkshire Tea, um, Tetley, I think, was the other one. Um, then they had the Emerald Publishing Group, which is the the company that actually owns the naming rights to Headingley Stadium. Yeah, um, and it started off with they weren't the first. I can't remember who the first one was now, but that was about that was yesterday. But anyway, um, there's a, a, an entire list of four companies that have pulled out of sponsoring Yorkshire, Nike being the biggest one at the end of it. And the biggest development yesterday is that Sajid Javid, who is the health secretary, also of Pakistani origin, remember, has yeah. gone up to parliament and said, this is not on. There is an yeah. independent parliamentary uh, and the culture secretary as well. From... Yeah. And there's, there's now like the government investigation is going to happen. Um, apart a, from an yeah. inquiry also. Um, and ECB the, it has banned Yorkshire from hosting any internationals while this is on. No, not on just it. international. Sorry, you have, to, you have to add. And all major matches, including the 100 final. <laughs> right. Including the 100 final. Um yeah, yeah, sorry, that that was a <laughs> silent job. Um, we call it silent, it's, not so silent. Um, suspended but, from hosting international cricket and the hundred finals. It's it's quite frankly, it's just been a huge, I think, response from the rest of the cricket world because Yorkshire themselves have just been responding inadequately. And it, in, honestly, in a, inadequate is a nice word here. Um, it's been like shit, basically. It's been horrendous. Um, <clears throat> Look, let's be honest. We said this last week when we were discussing Quinton de Kock. There is no place for racism in cricket. Yeah. Um, and it is... I mean, it's heartening to see response. But it, this trial has been going on for more than a year now. I mean, if they were serious about it, it's only when Parliament has come in and said, we are going to take action, you know, that all of this has happened. I mean, the sponsors could have pulled out before the beginning of the county season. Of course. Yeah. No, yeah, that's the thing. It's not, I mean, I'm not patting any, you know, clap, doing any claps, patting any heads for the sponsors doing it now because this has been going on as, a, as an investigation for two, three years. Um, the, fact of is, the, the fact of the matter is, though, they have all pulled out. And that tells you that this is not going to be normal anymore. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, this is probably the sort of review that needs to happen everywhere. There, you know, um, we've seen issues with racism in in Australia. We've seen the issues in India, where uh, I mean, for the the what I'm the one I'm referring to is what happened with Wasim Jaffa earlier this year. We got uh, he had to step down as coach because people accused him of being communal and and uh, selecting uh, Muslim players, which was just not true, and he had to step down. So we know, I mean, we've been talking about the South Africa incidents. There's been, uh, you know, a long investigation ongoing there. It's it's probably something that the entire world has to have a reckoning with. Uh, England's having its own right now in, in this matter. Um, but yeah, Yorkshire with that, with now the individuals being named who have, who have had to come out and, and um, sort of either accept or apologize or whatever. So Gary Balance had to um, come out and say, look, I, you know, I'm the guy that people are talking about who, who used a racial slur against, uh, against Rafiq. Michael Vaughan had, was apparently accused. He came out and said today that I don't remember this. Uh, you know, I, this is appalling, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, this is, it, we're at the stage where, as Sajid uh, Javid said, heads need to roll. Um, don't know who at Yorkshire is going to actually take account. 
um, and who at the ECB is going to hold them accountable, but we're at that stage for sure. No, look, the, the basic, uh, so the other thing that's come out today is now, of course, the blame game starts, right? Because Yorkshire, no heads are going to roll. So the first yeah. people they're going to start, they started with Gary Balance, who's, in case anybody knows Gary Balance, he used to bat like a crab. Um, also used to keep getting bored. He had it, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> as an international cricketer, big flop. But for Yorkshire, he scored tons of runs, led them to county championship this time. Um, they've come out and said today that Balance was one of the few people that called uh, Azim Rafiq Paki. Now, as an Indian, as a brown man, as someone living in England, you'll have had the same experience when you were here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I can vividly remember the one and only time I lived in England and I got called back. Uh, and, and I was, and in, I was listen, in a sense, I was literally ready to run off, run after a car because it was, I was on the I, roads and the one drove past me and yelled it at me. And I was, I probably ran a good 10, 15 meters and I'm like, wait, this is obviously not happening. But yeah. Same thing happened to me here. Um, I'm not going to get into that, but we've both been experienced. And it, it's a derogatory term. There is yeah. no other way to put it. It is a racial slur. Yorkshire Cricket Club, it is not banter. Yeah, exactly. And I think Balance himself sort of tried to play that card that I thought we were, it was banter. I wasn't, I didn't mean to take a, uh, to offend anyone. But like that, uh, that excuse just doesn't fly anymore. I mean, it it's should the never have. Will it, you it, use it the, well, hang on. Will you use the N-word and say it to a black man? No. So why would you use that to say it to an Indian? Or yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's it's just. I mean, you can't any at, at this point in time. There's no way you can start saying, you know, what I didn't mean. It was just banter between teammates. I didn't mean it offensively. It's not a, you know, I didn't realize how bad a term it was. Like, there's there's no excuse. There's no way that's acceptable that you can be that misinformed and think it's okay to do it in whatever context. No, absolutely, and it's it's appalling. Their reckoning is now because Parliament mm-hmm. is not Azim Rafiq uh, is has been, is going to be shielded. He's going to be kept under parliamentary protection. So when yeah. he eventually does, and I think the, the hearing is going to be next week sometime. Um, but when he does come out and go on record, oh boy, they're going to have it. They are really going to have it. Because yeah. all of the stuff that is in their report that they have ignored is all going to come out into the open. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that they thought at the end of this that really no major action needed to be taken it's just it's just shocking it's um and we've seen this in england recently we had the whole Ollie robinson robinson affair which was not this level of racism but you know there was a homophobic slurs that he got um suspended banned for um so like you know we know that these behaviors do come with some level of consequence but yorkshire decided it there didn't need to be any and now they're going to face some because parliament is going to step in yeah absolutely and um yeah it's it's it, Dude, trust me. I mean, they are going to go through some shit over the next couple of weeks. And it's all entirely deserved because... And all, all done, it's all their fault. Yeah, exactly. And all it would have... Like, even after doing ev- everything that they were accused of, they could have avoided this had they been honest in their efforts to, you know, investigate and, yeah. and, and, and respond to it. But they're not. They, they wanted... Uh, First, they wanted to just deny it entirely. Then they're looking for scapegoats, which is why Gary Balance has come out. As much as Gary Balance deserves some criticism for for saying what he said. But the point of the the fact of the matter is, the only reason we're talking about Gary Balance is because it it helps distract some attention away from your cricket. From the the county board, basically. Yeah, exactly. 
he's a very convenient scapegoat at this time. At some point in time, they're the ones who have to be held accountable, and hopefully, this this parliamentary inquiry is what is what uh, leads to that happening. Absolutely. On that slightly somber note, it is time to move into our favorite segment of the episode. What is it? We should, what is it? I should. Uh, we should update though. Quinton de Kock is back in playing for South Africa. Uh, yeah. So clearly, that has been resolved. He had a no. He took the knee in the next game. Yeah, he took a he took the knee. He released a somewhat bizarre statement where he was talking about his family and being from you know having black step half brothers and sisters and. Oh, you know what we completely missed? What Virat Kohli's statement in defense of Shami. Yeah, we kind of spoke about the noise, but we didn't speak of the statement specific specify about the statement. And he really had a go at everyone. And Virat Kohli has come out on record and said that. the lowest of the low people are those trolls and people on twitter that are going after shami purely based on his religion yeah it couldn't have been any stronger it couldn't have been better worded yeah of course you had indians who were then who were then hoping that india lost to new zealand because of this statement uh there there were also indians who were trying to prove that all of the abuse towards shami came from people in pakistan to like create a controversy so like i mean come on this thing let's not get Good on Kohli for responding um, uh, when he did, um, but yeah, it's it's clearly like I said earlier, it's this there's some level of this problem exists everywhere in the world, and everyone needs to have their reckoning. Um, good for Quinton Cock that he's somewhat figured things out enough to at least that he can play and that his teammates can accept him. That's good. Uh, let's see what happens with Yorkshire. And good on Kohli because he's the first big celebrity that's come out and spoken about it, especially from the cricket cricket fraternity. Yeah. Um, anyway. Nah, just finally, time to move on to my favorite segment of the episode. What is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? Who are you what giving awards? Are you going to give a shitty award to your Yorkshire cricket for being shitty? No, of course not. Okay, cool. They don't deserve uh, an award. Uh, <laughs> Only people that truly deserve an award get an award on this show. Remember that. Shitty yeah. administration award. Ah, uh, yes. No, we're talking about the No Balls Cricket Awards, of course. What is it? What is it? It is the No Balls Cricket Awards. Ah. Uh. Yeah, it's a that's a very weird change of pace actually to go from the how angry we've just been for the last five to ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I know we kind of have to though, don't we? Yeah, we have to move on with life, get back to the good stuff. So this is the good stuff. Here we go. Um, yes. First and foremost, if you guys are watching on YouTube, here's the clip. If you guys are listening to us, um, this is from a. We'll we'll put put the link in the description. Um, but this is a clip basically from a women's T Twenty game between Australia between Canada and the US, where the Canadian batsman basically blatantly obstructs the field, and um, hilarious, hilarious, like blatantly obstructs the field, gets given not out, then goes on to make forty odd and win the game for them. So I I think we need to describe this a little bit for um. For people who are who are listening and rather rather than watching, but basically, she's hit the ball into the like quite high up into the air near her, like in in into the close field, and decided to take off for a run, quote unquote. But instead of going down, running down the pitch, she's run towards the ball first, so that none of the fielders can converge and actually take a catch. It is hilarious to watch. We like Sid said we will include in this, uh, a description in the or include the link in our blog post. Go watch it if you haven't seen it. It is the most glorious effort at genuine cheating I've seen. I, I mean, yeah. it is genuine cheating. That's what it is. 
but you know what i applaud her um, what a magnificent effort you win our no balls cricket award for shit houseery for this week congratulations what is her name divya saxena divya saxena you are our winner of the no balls cricket award for shit houseery this week the second award the no balls cricket award for being an absolute legend on the stump mike goes to <laughs> scotland's wicketkeeper matt cross um i think chris greaves was on a on a hat trick or chris greaves was bowling i can't remember if he was on a hat trick or not. um but chris greaves was bowling to to new zealand obviously india could have used a new zealand loss in this game um and so on the stump mike matt cross is heard hearing the whole of india's behind you matty i mean sorry all of india's behind you chris and uh, and it was absolute absolutely hilarious genius uh, i mean on terms of uh, in terms of stump mike folklore this is right up there this is up there with the babysitter stuff this is up there with the gabba stuff genius it's, uh, the the best part is there's been a follow up from scotland cricket they've tweeted out today saying oh i guess because we're playing them tomorrow obviously uh, i guess this time all of india won't be behind us <laughs> brilliant absolutely brilliant on that very happy note it is time one to... more funny incident we do have to relate oh sorry uh, Ash- ashwin with some glorious press conference quotes oh yeah i forgot about that <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so mujib rahman would miss the uh, the match against india cuz he he's nursing some sort of injury so they had to drop him uh, he's been a key part of of them controlling the opening overs cuz he he's a great spinner in in power in the power play obviously it would do it would be quite good for india if he can bowl against uh, new zealand so ashwin in that spirit has offered to lend the afghanistan team any physiotherapical help therapeutical help that they may need including that may according to him giving them the indian physio <laughs> nitin patel your work is cut out for you please get go get please, please get mujib fit yes but in by in time for the new zealand game this is our diwali prayer <laughs> um yeah uh, on that on that very happy note it is time to end conclusions on this episode yorkshire a bunch of racist pricks um india and the west indies have had a shit t20 tournament divya saxena and what is his name again i keep forgetting cross mad cross you are absolute legends um and ian jagan is a coward <laughs> on that very happy note time to end if you're watching on youtube just remember ian jagan is a coward um don't forget to like share subscribe and click the bell icon which is floating around us say cheese don't do drugs don't say cheese cuz that's ian's catchphrase and and he's not oh sorry yeah, yeah he's a, he's a coward so don't say cheese so just <laughs> um do florentino perez's drugs um if you're listening to us on any of the audio platforms google apple um spotify anchor and wait, podcast no, stop doing my lines I, hang on i'm doing the audio bit i have i have my own funny introduction for the audio bit sorry uh, go on yeah. <laughs> yes if you're uh, if you're listening to us there are loads of platforms you can just remember firstly that ian jagan is a coward um secondly that we will have him on and probably call him a coward very coward, next time yes um yes thirdly if you oh, and uh, thirdly if you want to listen to us calling him a coward listen to us on these platforms yes but uh, i'll get there thirdly <laughs> thirdly it is diwali try not to burst crackers because it's not safe and it's not environmentally friendly if you want to please do it today and don't do it after an india loss tomorrow because you will probably get thrashed um 
fourthly, if you find Florentino Perez's drugs, do them because they seem great. He's on some crazy Also, trip. please call us. <laughs> Fifthly, catch us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, and Apple. You got all of them. Good man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you had quite a few goes with it, though. Um, yeah. uh, that's our show. Um, we'll be back next week with more. Uh, and from all of us here at No Balls Cricket, including Dr. Ian Jagan, who is a coward and is not here, um, we wish you a very happy Diwali, very happy New Year. And um, be safe. Lots of love from all of the No Balls Cricket family. Yep. Have a safe one, guys. <clears throat> <laughs>